prayer is beautiful because it connects us with the heart of God. Prayer can look like intercession and warfare and pushing back the enemy, releasing the purposes of God, which we will touch on a little today. But prayer can also just be a heart posture. How do you pray without ceasing? Your heart's got to be postured towards God. Prayer becomes a prayer of just connection. There's a prayer of just being silent. Anyone ever practice just silent prayer? It's just your heart is connected to God. Well, it's just getting lighter and lighter. Praise the Lord. (laughs) There's a prayer of groaning. It says that the spirit in us will groan too deep for words. Have you ever just sighed? You're just like, that's prayer. Your sighs can be prayer as you connect your sigh to God. Throughout scripture, at least I I should just er, go back a little. I haven't found one place in scripture outside of this, what I'm about to say, where the disciples were literally like, hey, we sense an inadequacy in us in this area and we're gonna need Jesus to teach us about this. And the only thing that I found in scripture where the disciples are literally like, you need to teach us this, they say, teach us to pray. I mean, there's something about the prayer life of Jesus and they saw his connection with his father that they were like, we need that. We don't know fully what that is. We don't know how that interaction works, but we need to learn about that prayer life. This is a good thing to do. Study the prayer life of Jesus. Start in John 17 if you don't know where to go. The last thing I'm gonna say before I'm bringing up, we got three different speakers gonna each share just a tiny bit on prayer. Bible says you have not because you ask not. And then Jesus tells us this, guys. If you want to get this kingdom, if you want to inherit this thing, if you want to move the purposes of God and connect with me and all that, you got to become like a little kid. Anyone been around a little kid? Whoo! Dad, can I get a bar? No. Dad, can I get some chips? No. Dad, why is that in the sky? I don't know. I think it's a plane. You know, it's just like, dad, why is that color? It's just like, kids are so curious. Kids are always asking. They have like no shame in asking. They'll just keep asking and keep knocking and keep demanding. We're called to be children before our father. He wants us to ask, seek, knock. You have not because you ask not. And then I'll say this. If you want to see your prayer life radically change and your life radically change, whatever you're praying, believe it. Believe that you're going to receive it. Don't just pray like out there. It says the double-minded man or woman shouldn't think they're going to receive anything from the Lord because they're like, well, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. If you're going to pray, pray believing. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And here's a repeated phrase throughout the Psalms. They called on the Lord and he answered them. (laughs) Don't you love that? It's so simple. It's like they called on God and he answered them. All right, so the first person coming up is, and all three of these people that are speaking today, their life is the message. I wouldn't have asked them to speak if I didn't already see that their life was rooted in Christ in such a way that prayer is just a natural expression of who they are. It's what they do. One of them I'm sleeping with next to her in the bed. 
my wife. She's trying to be funny. Um, it's just kind of like, come on, we need to get some laughter. Uh, Hannah speaking, Midmar, wherever she's at. Hannah, you can just come up now. And then Jonathan Kim is speaking. So welcome Hannah up. We love Hannah. She leads the house of prayer. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry if I cry. Yeah. Um, all right. So um, I'm just going to pray for my own sake as well. But yeah, Jesus, thank you that you're here. Thank you that we can connect to your heart through prayer. Yeah, Jesus, I just uh, pray peace over everyone here, God. I just pray for um, like our faith to increase right now, that our hearts would just connect with you, God, connect with you um, in waves we've never felt. God, yeah, I just thank you that you have given us a power in your Holy Spirit, and you've given us authority <laughs> through partnering with you. Yeah, so Jesus, I just pray that your presence just falls in a greater, uh, a greater way right now. We're aware of a greater presence right now. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I don't know why I've been crying all day, so maybe it's because of this, probably, but... Um, I didn't know, Jason just asked us to say, like, talk for 10 minutes about why we pray. Like, what? Why we pray? Like, that's huge. I don't know. So the first thing I did is just, like, wrote down, like, I asked God, I, I, I just asked God, God, why do I pray? Like, I, I just like to revisit these simple things because um, I grew up, like, hearing, read your Bible and pray every day. And I don't read my Bible every day, but I do pray every day. Um, I try to read my Bible every day, but I do pray every day, and it is because of that, like, I can't help not praying every day. It's, 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 it's an expression. It's a life. It's a lifestyle. So, um, but I asked God, why do I pray every day? And, like, I just sometimes do a response answer, and he said, you pray, you pray because you are made in my image, do you know that Jesus never stops praying? Do you know that there are clouds of witnesses praying for your life and for your generation? Everybody prays. They cry out for a loved one. They make requests. They pray in pain or in joy. They pray when they look for something bigger beyond themselves. You pray to connect with me. You pray to hear my voice. But mostly you pray, and I've created your heart to feel my heart and crave my kingdom. So that's just very broad, like very general of like why um, Jesus, why he said that I pray. So you can ask him that too, like, Jesus, why do I pray or do I pray and how can I? Um, so a big, a big um, thing for me that I wanted to talk about and Holly helped me <laughs> kind of just say like, no, your gift in praying is usually in emotions. And if you haven't seen me like cry because of God or like cry in the corner, um, it's usually because God is just touching my heart or I'm feeling God's heart. Even if I feel like completely emotionless, like 10 minutes before, sometimes God can just like hit my heart and I'll just start weeping. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I don't even want this half the time. Um, and so just my process of learning what that looks like to connect with God's heart and sometimes responding in emotions that don't make sense or I don't understand. Um, so Jason already said it, we pray, prayer is not just words. It could be groaning, it can be um, sighing, it could be laughing, it could be um, art even, it could be dance. So um, connecting to God's emotions through prayer, and then the next slide. Um, okay, so does somebody want to read this? 
I don't, I'm horrible at reading the Bible sometimes. I'll say, I can't see it, so <laughs> let me just guess. I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> All right, Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Wordless groans. Wow, I can't read. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. It's hard. I see it's hard to read the Bible. I know. Um, so this is just, yeah, showing you a verse that Jesus is like praying for us. And when we're connecting to Jesus, where is Jesus? Maybe he's going to lead you to the part of Jesus where he's praying for the world. He's praying for for darkness to be ripped out and the kingdom to come more and more. Um, so this is, yeah, I, th- I would suggest you read this on your own and just ask God for something that speaks to you. Um, but then the next slide, uh, Jason Jr., I hope it's okay, but I just love this uh, picture because it's like a prayer and they're probably not saying any words, like, right? I've had the most intense, beautiful prayers, I think just like screaming, like, or just like, ah, like so happy or so so feeling like heavy or feeling the pain of something and, and figuring out how to, um, you know, get find Jesus in that. So, okay, some of these are a little bit cheesy, but it's okay because, yeah, I, I do, I, I have cheesy quotes that I always give my students too. Um, but just some other pictures, I literally just did Google image, like wordless prayers, and there are a lot, and um um, yeah, like, I'm sure you can relate to some of these pictures or some of these things, um, and just knowing that, like, it's a beautiful response to the Lord. Um, and so then next, I want to just talk about tears and how tears are prayers, too. Um, so this is from a book, um, actually from our first intern, Stevie. Um, she gave me this book, and it was about this homeless woman who's, like, severely addicted to drugs. It's just, like, was going to die pretty much, and the city experienced revival kind of through her, and she got saved, and um, and she had this, yeah, picture, and it was during a time, I got this book and read this, and it was during a time where I was crying so much, and I did not understand why. I'm like, I'm going crazy. Like, maybe I need to, like, go to a psychiatrist and get, like, some medication. I'm crying so much. Like, any time, just, like, my heart was so soft to God, um, but tears, so this is, she says, I saw a vision. I saw a huge stone shelf holding millions of little bottles. It was almost as though I was watching a film. As I told, as I took a closer look at the bottles, I noticed that everyone had a name labeled attached. The bottles were full of tears and tears of all the people who had wept over our land. And God has saved them all. As I watched a hand appeared and took a bottle from the shelf, As the tears in the bottle were poured out, they turned to golden oil. I watched as all the bottles were emptied and poured out over our land. Then the Lord said to me, now go, because it is time for the harvest to be released. Um, There's some typos in there. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's just like, I think some of you guys just need to hear like those times that you wept before God and he's like, I do, this is not from the Bible, but like. 
I know of other people who have had similar like pictures or really strong impressions of God speaking to them like your tears are weapons or your tears are like saved by me and they, they actually do something and they go beyond understanding. They go beyond the, the words and they're connecting with like Jesus's tears and Jesus's heart. Um, so yeah, that was, that was just about tears. Like just know in your heart the next time like you're pouring your heart to God and crying out to him like, this is not something he takes lightly. It's like golden oil that is really transforming transforming the land or people or things. Um, okay, and then to the next slide. Um, I have like been on a journey of just learning to ask God questions through emo- my emotions or through feeling his emotions. So a big one is who's ever thought this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Maybe wherever you are, you've had this thought. Like what is wrong with me? Um, and and just let Jesus's truth like wash over you. Um, what's wrong with you? Nothing. <laughs> um, he is just, he's just having you feel. And sometimes he's not gonna give you the exact understanding in words right away, but trust him. So like a lot of times I'll ask them that God, God, what's wrong with me? And I'll just hear, trust me, trust me. So next time, like, yeah, maybe ask him, <laughs> try to listen to what he actually says when you say that. Um, why am I feeling this way? Can I be normal? That's another question I always ask God, like, ah, why do I feel this way? Why do I, I just was like normal, happy, and then all of a sudden I walk into a room and I feel like depressed, and, and like, why am I such a feeler? Like, even sometimes I'll have this thing where it's like, even in class I used to have this thing I like, would like kind of want to sit here. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like sitting there. Okay, I want to sit here. Oh, that doesn't feel, I'm such a, it's like almost a very too sensitive, like why, why? And I know other people have those kind of things. So just instead of asking God, like blaming it on yourself, connecting with God through prayer, asking him like, okay, should I sit here? Or I mean, it's a little bit, yeah, extreme in that way. But um, just asking God, why am I feeling this way? Because sometimes it can be because of intercession or needing to pray for someone. It's not your own um, stuff or your own feelings all the time. It could be God's feelings. It could be someone else's feelings. Um, and can I just be normal? Forget that question. Nobody is normal. Like, we are all messy family, and, like, God loves us all. So I try to, yeah, just forget that question. Um, and my, yeah, my parents always said this. It's like my mom always said this. this is, oh, shoot. I'm good. But if you think, oh, I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy, you're actually not crazy because real people who are crazy don't ask that question. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, that's just a hint. Whenever I say, oh, I'm going crazy. Oh, I'm not crazy. Uh, but um, God, what is it that you want me to feel, fight against, or give back to you? So this is a more strategic question in your emotions because sometimes I'm like, just flooded with like crying. And sometimes God's like, no, like be strong, fight against it, even in the opposite spirit or whatever, or understand and identify it through language, through words, and then call it out. So there's other like tools that he can kind of give through feeling his emotions and he can give you practical tools. So, because God is also a very practical God, which like Holly will go into, I think. So to giving us strategies, but sometimes, yeah, first connection through emotions and God, and then he can show us what to do with them. Um, Because sometimes we just have to feel through them and cry for an hour or two. Sometimes we have to like stop it, you know, and and proclaim truth or get somebody to like pray for us. Sometimes we just, God says, release them back to me. Um, 
And the last one is just, yeah, like, God, I don't understand. And he, again, it's just his response is, trust me. And, um, like, I, I suggest, too, when you have that why, why, why in your head, um, if you're connecting with God, just um, put away the why on the shelf and connect with God because he could be doing something beyond what you understand, beyond human understanding. And it's a beautiful thing. And there's been times when I have, I said, okay, God, I don't understand, but I'm gonna continue to feel you or to be with you or to like read your Bible. Um, and then, and, and it's a beautiful thing that I finally, later I can get understanding. There's other times I'm like, God, I don't understand, I can't. And I think I miss out on, on some things that God would wanna show me. So um, that's, yeah, that's all I have for now, but thank you guys for listening. So, uh, you know, prayer, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard a lot on prayer, and I always just want us to come teachable as a family and almost come as just a student. God, what do you want to say to me? So right now, we're just going to take like a minute. If we can hit the lights off, because we're going to queue up the video in a sec, Uh, but we're just going to take a minute and just reflect on what Hannah just said. Like, what's one takeaway? If you need to write it down, go for it. That's actually more uh, beneficial. But just take one thing that you can take from what she was saying and you can apply it to your life. So the blessing is never on the hearer, but the doer of the word. So God, how do you want me to apply this? That's a great question. What do you want me to take away from this? All right, so speaker number two is on video. <laughs> Figured I'd mix, mix it up. Uh, I really felt like God highlighted Jonathan to me, along with uh, Hannah and Holly. But he's home for his birthday weekend. I don't know when his birthday is. Maybe it's today. Um, so you could turn it up pretty loud, and then we're going to do the same thing. After he's done, we're going to just break. Cool. Hello. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Jonathan. And I currently live at the Cheeseburger's house. And I'm not here right now because I'm down at home just hanging out with my family for the weekend. But Jason also asked me to just share a little something and answer the question of why pray. And so I think for me, I guess the reason why I pray um, or the, the reason for that ultimately just boils down to, to intimacy and, and heart connection with the Father with God. And, you know, Jesus illustrated this through his life in the scripture that, you know, even during the time of his ministry, he would never do anything outside of communing with the father and praying with God early in the morning. Um, and I imagine, you know, there are many, it's not directly written in the scripture, but I imagine he was constantly praying in spirit. Um, you know, he says in John that he only says what the father says. He only does what the father does. And I think for me, that's kind of like a similar 
the heart posture of why pray, I think it's kind of like, not from a place of, oh, I need to do this to like sustain my righteousness, but from a place of like, I really want to love you, God. And like, I really want to know you. I really want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I really want the things that burn on your heart to be the things that burn on my heart. And I found that no matter how many sermons you listen to, no matter, you know, how much you talk about it, um, in theory, um, you know, no matter how much you tell yourself like, Oh, I, I want to, I want to burn like God. And like, I want to, it ultimately just comes from the place of prayer. Like you can't receive something like that unless, you know, fire doesn't fall in anything other than sacrifice. And I think that's a huge part because it's a, it's a costly investment. That's how I see prayer. Um, that's why I pray. And that's, I think that's a part of what the, the beauty behind it, because we're intention, like prayer is this expression of humility, of utter dependence on God to see him move, to see him show up, to have him, to believe that he's going to impart things into your heart, to believe that he's going to speak when you pray, to believe he's going to be faithful to do the things that we ask him to do when we pray. Um, and I think that's the beauty of the gospel because, it, you know, if it could all be summed up, it's whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And Jesus demonstrated that the man with the utmost epitome of humility was then exalted to the right hand of the father. And I think a huge part of that, you know, that we can get into all the you know reasons why, but I really do think his prayerful life was a huge part for how his ministry impacted so much people and for how he was you know, able to withstand and not be affected by any of the influences, any of the temptations of the world or anything like that. And I think, you know, for me, um, like pr prayer has, has just been this thing where it's like, I need to know God's heart. And like, I want to connect with his heart in such a deep, meaningful way. Like I want to live a life of wholehearted obedience. Like I want my heart to be yearning for God throughout the day and these intentional times I set aside to pray have have always been motivated from the place of I really just want to know you God like I really just want to spend time with you um you know honestly it could all be summed up with Psalm 27 4 where David is just you know the context is he's he's surrounded on both sides by enemies and in the context of war and during this time where his kingship is under jeopardy and then he says, he just cries out in the middle of that and says, one thing have I asked of the Lord to dwell in your house all the days of my life to gaze upon your beauty. And and I think that's a huge thing about prayer that, that kind of gets lost in translation. You know, we kind of view it as like a, a task to fulfill and complete, like, Hey, make sure, make sure you finish praying or make sure you've prayed once today. But I, you know, I really think at the end of the day, the scripture, you know, paints this picture of such utmost dependence on God combined with this deep desire, like this deep yearning for revelation of who God is and wanting our hearts to be burst open on the inside with the affection and the revelation of Jesus's love towards us. Um, and that's kind of like how I want to live too. Like the one thing have I asked of the Lord, like is literally like God, one thing, the only thing I want is just to dwell with you. It's just to sit with you. And I, and I think for me, prayer is more than just asking for things. Um, I think the reason for praying too is to begin this dialogue with God. You know, honestly, it's just a simple conversation that you're having with the Lord. You know, it could range from really serious things, you know, like, God, what is, what is your heart for abortion? You know, what, what is your heart for the 
the homosexual, you know, community. Lord, what is your heart for the state of lawlessness in America with the youth? Lord, you know, or it could just be like, God, like, you know, how I love today, you know, like I'm going to go grocery shopping, you know, like what's on your heart? Like, what do you want? Like really simple things. And I found the, the less serious you take prayer, the more easy it is to get really serious about it. And it's funny um, because when we try to take it, take ourselves really seriously, um, you'll just find yourself <clears throat> like striving, um, getting really frustrated, um, kind of wanting an answer right away. But I found the less serious I take it, the more I relate to God from that position of a, of a son as, as a child to God, the father, um, the more profound my prayer life has started to become and develop over the years. Um, and so I think that's just kind of it for me. You know, I, um, prayer is something that like, I want to devote my life to, like, I want to be an intercessory missionary. And it all started from the place. <clears throat> it all started from the place. Oh my gosh. <coughs> okay. So it all started from the place where, um, this is the last thing I'll share. I was reading a book called the secret place. And it was written by Dale Fife and it was just like a really random one-off book I found. And this guy was talking about his secret place, you know, like his place of meeting with God and praying with him and just the kind of encounters he was having, you know, and most importantly, how his heart was growing so rapidly and so deeply and burning in love like it never was before. And he was, it wasn't even like crazy spiritual encounters. Like he was just like, I'm growing so much in love with Jesus through my secret place. And he was just sharing about that and the theology and all that stuff. And literally, um, I pick up the book and I start reading like chapter one. And I'm at, at this point in time, like I had never spent intentional time to pray with God or to dialogue with him or to spend time with him. Um, and to even, you know, like I said, to pray for the sake of being intimate with God. So I never done that. And then I start reading this first chapter where he's talking about it, like this idea of a secret place. And I just start like crying because I was like, this is so awesome. Like, this is what I want. <clears throat> this is why I signed up for Jesus. And then I was like, wow, like I have this infinite access to knowing your heart. And it's like, it's between you and me. Like this, there doesn't need to be inter inter any interfacing between me and other people. And I was like, this is awesome. And so I was like crying and I like closed the book because I couldn't even read anymore. And I just sat in my closet and I just started praying. And it was like for two minutes and I get out of the closet. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. That was the best two minutes of my day. And then I just keep doing that. So the next day I sit, <clears throat> sit in for two minutes and I was like, wow, that was awesome. All right, cool. And then the next day, like, you know, two minutes, two minutes. And eventually it gets to like five minutes. It eventually like grows and grows and grows. Eventually, I'm just spending hours with God, like praying with him, you know, like about so many different things and talking with him and enjoying this dialogue. So I think for me, it just came from the place where I was so inspired to know God from a place of my heart and, and to really be one who burns for God. Like I want it written on my gravestone that, you know, I want to be remembered as, as someone who just loved God and who had a burning heart for him. So I think at the end of the day, prayer is you don't need, we don't need to make it anything more complicated than the source and the methodology for us to become intimate with God, you know, and I don't want to say the, the definitive way, but honestly, scripture paints a pretty big point. That's one of the most definitive ways. Um, there's other ways too, but really like you, if someone were to say to me like, Oh, I'm intimate with God, but I don't have a prayer life. 
I would really be like, well, that's awesome, but you're missing out on the fullness. <laughs> so yeah, that's just my take. Um, I hope I, I really don't know if I really answered that question because I kind of went all, all over the place. But yeah, just bless you guys today. So good. All right, if we could just take like another minute, just talk to God, see what you can grab from that. Okay, hopefully you're done with your takeaway. Um, so, yes, so agree with everything Hannah and Jonathan said. And I was hoping they would cover the most important stuff, um, which is basically we pray because we are getting to connect with God and his heart and um, just communing with him. And that is definitely the main reason why I pray. Um, but I'm going to kind of go into the sort of the next step of that and another reason why I love to pray, which is because I want to partner with God in bringing forth his kingdom and changing the world. And um, I've always really wanted to change the world. And I think even that desire that's within us comes from God's heart because he wants to see the world changed for him. He wants to see people know him and um, he wants to see king, the kingdom of heaven come to earth. We know that from the Bible. And I believe that the number one way that we do that is by partnering with him in prayer. So I think that's a pretty important reason, too, why we get to pray. I love this quote. It says, history belongs to the intercessors. And I really believe that. Um, and I did want to really quickly define intercession because I think we can definitely talk about prayer and that's like a really really broad um, spectrum of things that constitute prayer and Hannah kind of got into that and um, the girl just dancing you know that's prayer and even that can be intercession but when we talk about intercession we do um, I think specifically more are talking about so it comes from a word paka I don't know if that's um or pega, I don't know if that's Greek, I think it's Greek, but um, meaning things like to strike upon, to urge, to petition, to intercede, to ask God. Um, and so it's kind of, I think, standing on behalf of, typically we think of people, we intercede for people, that's what God's heart is mainly about, right? But that can also look like interceding and asking God to move in a situation, move in a region, a you know, a people group, and obviously in people's lives. Um, so on the drive here, even, I was like, thanks for this confirmation, God. This is what I'm talking about. And it was, this song was playing on the radio that um, just basically the main chorus is, the world starts changing when the church starts praying, and then says about how strongholds will break. Um, and then in this book, I've been reading a little bit called um, Praying Circles Around Your Children by Mark Batterson. 
who um, also wrote, what was that book we did for the class? Whisper, thank you. I'm like, what, what was it called? Um, he said, prayer is the way we write the future. It's the difference between letting things happen and making things happen. Um, and I think, too, you know, even in my own life, I recognize it's like a lot of times we don't, we really don't pray. And I think it's coming from a place of not really believing that it matters or that we can change things through prayer, um, which is always really convicting to me. But I, I feel like, um, yeah, I, I see that even in most churches where it's like we're not really praying because we don't actually stop to recognize the difference it will make. And if we really understood how powerful prayer is, we would really do a lot more of it. <laughs> because we would know, too, that's the key to shifting everything. Um, so anyway, I want to kind of one of the focuses, or I guess the focus scripturally of my talk is um, out of First Kings 18. It's the story of Elijah when he prays in the rain. Um, so the background is there have been three and a half years of drought and famine. And um, we're going to read the, the main little, or I'm going to read to the main section. If you want to turn to it, it's First Kings 18. Um, but I do want to point out that verse 1 is, is very key. It says, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. So the word of the Lord comes first. And then there's a lot of verses, and there's actually the whole crazy Elijah up on Mount Carmel challenging the prophets of Baal. You know, that's a really powerful story where... God sends the fire on Elijah's offering and doesn't listen. You know, nothing happens with the prophets of Baal. And then after all that, it says, um, starting at verse 41, Now Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of the roar of a heavy shower. So, so there's the sound of it. There's nothing happening, but he's already like kind of prophesying forth what God's already told him. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, but Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, And he crouched down on the earth and put his face between his knees. He said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go back seven times, seven times, right? It came about at the seventh time that he said, behold, a cloud as small as a man's hand is coming up from the sea. And he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down so that the heavy shower does not stop you. In a little while, the sky grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a heavy shower, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and outran Ahab to Jezreel. Um, So that's such an amazing, powerful story. And one of the things we see is a picture of really powerful, persistent prayer. And um, Jason showed me this this book. It's a John Eldridge, Moving Mountains. I love the even just the titles of prayer books and the subtitles. Praying with Passion, Confidence, and Authority. Um, so he talks about, it's so good, he's just talking about like, that, I don't know, basically a lot of times our whole perspective and approach is off because we're like, oh, okay, God, I prayed, God didn't answer, I guess God didn't want to move there, you know, and then he uses this story. I just want to read a couple things he says, because he it writes it really awesome and powerful. He says, I love this narrative. It is so practical and immensely helpful when it comes to understanding prayer and how it works. God is going to come through all right, but he insists on involving Elijah's prayers. 
It reminds me of Augustine's line, without God, we cannot, and with us, he will not. We find ourselves in the sort of universe where prayer plays a crucial role, sometimes the deciding role. Our choices matter. Um, And then Elijah is determined to see results. He bows and prays and then sends his manservant to see if it's working. Is it having any effect? I love his posture, his willingness to give it a go, see what happens, and then adjust himself to the results. The servant comes back and reports that the sky is bleak and empty, just as it has been for years, barren as old Sarai's womb. This is the point at which most of us give up. I feel like that's really important to recognize in this story. Like, how often do we say, oh, I prayed, and like, Nothing happened or God didn't move, so we just give up. Um, But the old prophet sticks at it. He has another go and sends his man to have a second look. Nothing. So he takes off his cloak, puts his shoulder to the wheel, and gives it yet another try. He's not letting the evidence discourage him. Six more times he sticks with it. By now the rest of us would have bailed down to Starbucks to commiserate about the dark night of the soul and what to do with the silence of God. Not this old Israelite. He's still up on the mountain persevering. After eight rounds of prayer, and rounds really does feel like the right word by this point, you get the feeling they are like rounds in the ring, full of sweat and grit and a real going at it. After the eighth bell, the servant says, well, there's a puff of cloud on the horizon, not any bigger than your fist. And that's all it takes. The storm is on its way. It's like, I love how you wrote about that and just bringing that to light. Wow, yeah, that was some serious persistence. Um, And... Also, uh, I think just, oh wait, what was I going to say? Oh, I love um, that it's like this, just this little tiny cloud. He's like, all right, there's my answer. Get ready. The deluge is coming. Like get in your chariot and let's go. It's like just the, he had so much faith. And I think, you know, one thing I want to um, just briefly touch on is that there, what I love, what I love, love, love about prayer and intercession in this way is the privilege of first listening to God and getting that word of the Lord. Because that's why he could go with so much faith and confidence is that he already knew God had said this, but, but it's not just like God said this, cool, I'm just gonna sit around and wait for it to happen. It's like God said this, now I'm gonna go. This is a really powerful picture of intercession. He's got his head between his knees. He's like, and seven times, and you know he's contending for this, but that he... He, he knew this was God's will. Um, so I just want to point out that like, it's such an honor to get to first hear. And that's also the communing part. God, what is your heart? What is your will? And now I'm going to pray that forth and bring that. And he's, he's set it up that way. It's so amazing that he actually, it's like there's this self-limitation he's put on himself that he needs us because of the authority we have on earth to partner with him in bringing this forth. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of mind-blowing, but it's really important to get that. Um, so I'm going to read another quote um, out of Dutch Sheets, my favorite, one of my favorite authors. So many books on prayer. But this one, another great title, Authority in Prayer, Praying with Power and Purpose. So good. So um, he says, kingly governmental intercession is absolutely linked to revelation. We can never be confident we are operating in God-given authority if we are not certain we are functioning according to his will and strategy. And he quotes 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have before him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Then he says, my first thought when praying about any situation is usually what scripture applies to this or Holy Spirit, what is your will and strategy in this matter? 
So like that was a really, that was out of all these different things I want to share because I want to do like an hour talk. Jason gave me 10 minutes, you know, so, um, but that was like really standing out to me was um, what scripture applies to this and God, you know, what is your will and your strategy in this matter and then partnering with him in that. So I am actually almost done, but I have one more quote and then a quick story. Um, story is actually too that's more, it's not as long as a story, but, um, okay, another awesome verse, Isaiah 62, six through seven, on your walls, O Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen all day and all night. They will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves and give him no rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. And we have lots of scriptures and Jesus tearing, telling parables and the persistent widow and stuff that there's something really profound about this idea of not giving up in prayer and continuing to just keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. Um, so this is uh, the, the, the Prophetic Intercessor by James Gall, another awesome prayer author. Um, and he says, just real quick, what does it mean to remind the Lord? Does he have amnesia? Has he forgotten what he said he would do? No, of course not. He has simply determined not to do this task alone. It is the blessed mystery of being a co-laborer with Christ that God is looking for a people on earth who will come into agreement with his plans. Remember, if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. That's Matthew eighteen nineteen. This is not human agreement about what we want God to do. It is an invitation for us to come into agreement with God's plans, pursuits, and desires. Then in agreement with one another and with God, we ask or remind him to do what he wishes to do. So I just love that. That's kind of obviously my main idea here. And then is the verse up? Was the verse ever up there? No? Okay. Anyway, um, in the New Testament, there we go, it points back to Elijah and this idea of that he was a man just like us. So we can't be like, oh, he was the prophet Elijah. We can't do that. No, we can be those same types of prayer warriors and walk in that same level of persistence and contending. And um, so every major revival and great awakening was birthed out of prayer. And I can definitively say this church is here today because of prayer. I know the IV has been changed because of prayer. Um, and there's lots of stories even about that. And there, we did a 24-7 week of prayer. Like that was the um, maybe six months before this church was birthed. But even Jacob Reeve, our founding pastor, that was when God spoke to him and moved on his heart for IV. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like... Um, God loves when we just say yes to what he is doing on the earth and when we choose to partner with him and when we, um, you know, just even like wrestle in prayer with that. And that has been a huge part of my story and testimony in IV. Um, I just felt like there, were a lot, there was a lot of prayer and contending in my early years, um, like 20 years ago, but then even eventually it just came to this point where I knew God had spoken and promised so much and I wasn't necessarily seeing it happen yet. Um, but it just came to this place of like me kind of like Jacob wrestling with God, like, God, I'm not leaving until I see these promises come forth and kind of like in a demanding childlike way. But then I felt like his response back to that was like smiling on it and saying, good, that's what I was hoping for. (laughs) Like, Um, you know, that's when he can move is when we put our stick in the sand in faith and we say, God, come and do this. Because especially when it's already his will, it's already his heart. Of course, it's his heart to see IV changed and people come to know him. Um, So he just wants people to partner with him in that. 